The Outskirts of Faith podcast is brought to you by Monkey Nut Audiobooks. Creating audiobooks, podcasts and voiceovers that keep people listening. Hello and welcome to the Outskirts of Faith podcast. My name's Elliot Frisby and this is the podcast for everyone. It's for you, it's for your friends, it's for your family. Reason why is because this story, this conversation we've been having has been going on for 2,000 years. And before that, the whole source of this conversation has been going back from the beginning of time. Why is it? Because this conversation has been going through all of the generations that where you've come from. This is podcast is for you. So I really hope you enjoy it. Let's hear what we've got going on in today's podcast. Never let anybody tell you that you're going to have all of the answers because nobody does. My interpretation of what I think Christianity is versus what I'm hearing a lot of Christians saying didn't quite tally. Having the confidence in our culture to not necessarily be countercultural, but just to be a bit honest about the struggle. So also a very, very big hello and welcome to those of you on our social media, whether it's TikTok or Insta or Facebook or YouTube, any of that stuff. Just remember, share it with your friends and use the hashtag OOF, double O-F, Outskirts of Faith. And by now you probably know that I love saying that, hashtag OOF. So really excited because today I've got a really great guy, a guy I work with, a guy who I love speaking with. And uh, he's just a really nice guy. He's a broadcaster and content developer, Yinka Awajobi. Did I say that right? You certainly did. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, it's, it's funny because you always want to say names right. I'm a, I'm a massive name <laughs> lover. You know, my wife's called Elizabeth. People call her Liz. No, 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 Elizabeth, please. Elizabeth. <laughs> nice. Okay, so how are you, Yinka? Very, very well, thank you. You did, you did it well. You didn't get the accent, but uh, that's the name I use because that's my first name. It's the... F- first of 14 names. Are you for real? I've got 14 names. I have never met anyone who has 14 <laughs> Listen, I can, I can only remember eight of them, I think. So uh, my name is Yinka, right, Y-I-N-K-A, right. but that's short for Ola Yinka, which is, Ola is wealth, okay. Yinka is surround me. So it's essentially, I am surrounded by the wealth of God. Okay. That's what okay. it means. So it's Olayinka, Abimbola, Olurutimi, Enito, Adibambo, Paul, Awujobi. Those are the ones I can remember. And there's another seven or eight floating around somewhere. So uh, two things. <laughs> One, I'm really glad I didn't try the accent. <laughs> All right. Because I wouldn't do it justice. And secondly, it's beautiful. Thank you. It's beautiful. Where do the other names sit? Is it in the middle? Yeah, yeah. My first name is Yinka. So the, the way it works, and this is interesting because I'm from Nigeria. Right, I'm right. from the Yoruba tribe in Nigeria, which is one of the three main tribes. Were you born UK? I was born UK. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was here with my family until I was seven. Then we went back to Nigeria. Right. Cool. Um, so from seven all the way through to 1990, I lived in Nigeria, so I had my primary school, uh, secondary school, uni, all in Nigeria, and then came back here in 1990, and I've been here ever since. So that's kind of the background from that, from that perspective. But the reason why I've got 14 names is essentially because in the part of the Yoruba culture where I'm from, when a child is born, they're born into the greater family, not the nuclear family. Okay. So the name tells a story, typically, 
I love that. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. It really is. So, for example, if, and this is not my story, but if, for example, a couple had been trying for a child for years and finally got one, that will be encapsulated in the name. So the name might be called, for example, this is the one that we were waiting on, or this is the victory that God eventually gave us, or right, something along right. those. So you, you'd be able to tell from the name. So there'll be some kind of history in there, some aspiration in there, like, you know, with my name, I'm surrounded by the wealth of God. You and can- are you accepted as part of all of those families, so you could go to them at any time. Well, going back to the reason why I've got that many names, what would then happen is your parents obviously would give you your name, right? But your grandparents would probably give you a name. I see. And, I see. And the extended family could give you a name. Gotcha. So if you think about it culturally, the extended family is a lot more close knit, and they're they're involved more directly in the nuclear family. So you might have your granddad calling you a completely different name to your given name because that's what your granddad gave you or your grandma gave you or your aunt gave you, depending on how close they are to the family. So my my late father-in-law, for example, used to call my youngest son by the name he gave him. Ah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's quite confusing, isn't it, that you have to remember all these names? Well, this is it. it, it, it <laughs> again, I think it's, it's that cultural thing where you don't, it's not confusing because it's just, it's part of the culture. Does so, anyone ever have like a a real sort of like separated name like Bob? So you got this like amazing poetic poetic voice there, Bob. Poetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you get yeah. that as well because you get a combination of you get your uh, again depending on whereabouts you are from the country, you'd have your traditional name in your language, and some people also have English names as well. So tell me, Yenko, what's going on with you at the moment? What's happening? Ah, uh, I've just come off. 10 years of broadcasting on radio. It was a tremendous privilege mm. uh, broadcasting on gospel radio. I used to be on Premier Gospel, broadcasting uh, on The Breakfast Show for, like I said, for 10 years. And I did that until just over two years ago now. Um, brilliant, brilliant run. Um, and it was incredible to, it was the, f- I was going to say it was the first, but it really wasn't. It was the first kind of London-based but national-branded gospel radio Mm. dedicated to gospel music in the UK. That was on DAB for London. And it was was just absolutely incredible. Now, Premier Gospel is one of the strongest radio brands for gospel music in the UK. And to be at the centre of that was just phenomenal. Alongside that, I actually... This is really where my passion is, which is reporting on the gospel music scene in the UK. Which you still follow closely. Which I still follow very closely. Mm. And I I used to run very actively a website called UKGospel.com, which ironically is how I got the Premier Gospel gig in the first place. Oh, right. Uh, So anyway, uh, Premier was launching a brand new radio station at the time. We got to hear, gospel media is really small. So I actually went in to write a story about that and it was only about 45 minutes into the conversation that I suddenly realized that hang on this actually is feeling less like me interviewing them and more like a job interview okay and it was okay. Like, hang on are you actually asking me to you know join this radio station and they're oh yeah yeah we're, we're looking we're still looking for presenters and that was how I fell into it. That's how you fell into it. Yeah. But so, so, so is it I, weird, like, you being here speaking to me like this? Because usually it's the other way it's around. It's the other way around. It, I, <laughs> I still find I'm, I'm probably the worst guest ever because, again, like you say, I, I'm so used to being on the other side of it. But it's, it's still, it's fascinating, it's exciting, it's interesting. And, of course, 
it's faith-based. So it's it's different, but it's the same. Okay. We should talk more, actually, because I've started opening up my household to uh, gospel music now. Oh, right. Um, I just started putting on playlists and, and just hearing it. And I don't know enough of it to have a conversation. Yeah. But the reason why I started playing it is because how it reached me. Right. On a spiritual level. Okay. You know, you, you feel it and you love it. And everybody does. Everybody does. When you hear it, there's, it takes somewhere, especially when all like when you've got all the dynamics together. Do you, yeah. do you want a quick gospel story? Go on. All right, so you'll, you'll like this one, Yinka, because you and I know each other, so we can have a, a chinwag, be warned, listeners. So one of the roles that I've, I work with from time to time, obviously monking out audiobooks and sound, but within the sound brand, I work as a musical director, and uh, sometimes that goes into like cruise ships and things like that. And this particular cruise line, they won this award, and what they did was they got this lady um, who opened up the opening of The Lion King in the movie. Right. Yeah, it's very, you know, very uh, popular singer. She's fantastic. And they said, right, we've actually used the uh, one of the London gospel choirs in the past. I'm not going. The reason why I'm not saying the name is because there's a couple of London gospel choirs which are very close to each other. Okay. And we can do it. Interestingly, we recorded them in the the film studio at Premiere. Oh, really? Yeah, I just oh, remember wow. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, Chris Byland uh, helped me rig that one up. That was we great. love Chris Byland. Yeah, we love Chris. <laughs> it was very lastminute.com. Anyway, so the the company said, right, Elliot, you know, um, you're going to go with the gospel choir. And I was like, that's great. That's great. I'd love to do that. And they said, uh, when you get there, they're all going to be prepared. They're going to be doing the circle of life. Right. All right. And you want to teach them. They're going to all like the African sections. And I was like, great, great, great. They're all ready. Yeah, they're ready. Okay, so I just got to go up and do it. That's fine. So we turn up and... The first thing I realized is that we rehearsed in a um, in a house. Okay. And I was like, it's going to be quiet. Yeah, 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 it's going to be quiet, Elliot. I walked in and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it was so loud. So loud, it's right? Main, main road, all of that stuff. Yeah. It's fine. And anyway, we got talking. Everyone's just turning up like, you know, they're all best friends. Yeah. They're all turning up like yeah. an hour late. You know, sorry. <laughs> you know, I was just, I was having some food. I got chatting, <laughs> you know. And it was really interesting because... I was like the only white guy in the room. Right. I was the only white guy in the room, right? And it was interesting because I felt like that was kind of noted right. a bit at the beginning. Gotcha. And it was so lovely how one of the ladies who sort of heads it up come over and took me by the hand and pulled me over and we sat down and we started chatting and flooded. I was like, guys, we've got to do some work here. <laughs> so anyway, we, we, we all saw like had a really, really good time. Anyway, I said, so we're going to do the, the circle of life now. Yeah? Right. And they're like, what? Could I just fly back from America? I was like, you would circle of life? No, we haven't learned that one. I'll tell you what, yeah. we haven't learned that one. So suddenly I was like, right, so we, well, we have to learn these African, but well, we don't know it. We know we don't all know the African bits. So there was ended up me, right? The only white guy in the room Having teaching. To... <laughs> I'm going. I'm going on like YouTube, like yeah. listening. Going around. anyway. So, so you have to teach them the parts. Yeah, the African, like the, all the African words, and yeah. the African words things like. In the end, luckily, I come back. Thank the Lord, right? That somebody in the room had a friend who worked in the Lion King. Can you ah. believe it? And they rang them, right? But this was. Nice. But this was um, the, the point I'm getting to, and I'm sort of rambled on a bit here. But is we. We ended up doing a rehearsal in a church mm-hmm. and they said, would you like to pray with us? I was like, yeah, get me in there, right? And it, I've never known a prayer like it. Now, usually with my kind of circle of prayer and everyone prays differently and, you know, there's no right or wrong way, guys. I want to make that quite clear. But, you know, we sort of pass it around a bit. We sort of jump in a bit and everything like that. We all held hands in a circle and it was literally like three, two, one, go. go. 
And, and everyone. And after the go, yeah. and do you know what I prayed? I'll tell you this now. I went, thank you for this opportunity <laughs> because I loved it so much. But that was my uh, that was my only time of working in the world of gospel. Well, th- th- there's two things. There's two things here that are really interesting. My take on gospel music is is slightly different to everybody else's. Okay, particularly from a race perception point of view. So if you're a black person, right. I, I would have a slightly different conversation as to having conversation with you. Why? Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. Okay. So if you're typically if you're a white person looking at gospel from the outside like you are. I'm willing to bet, and I'm, you're going to tell me now if I'm right or wrong, that you're thinking at gospel, you're thinking about the choral aspect of gospel. You're thinking about choirs, you're thinking about robes, you're thinking about that full-throated pentatonic sound, typically. I'm thinking Sister Act meets Blues Brothers. Exactly. Meets, but, but what I would, though, but on a serious note, because of, of the, the world, obviously I've lived, I've worked in audio music for 20 years. I was going to say. For me, and you... This won't be the right answer for, for you, I'm sure. Yeah. But for me, it's the emotion, the feel, and that's the exactly connection. It. Is that right? That's that's because right. it can make me cry. It's a that's genre it. that can make me cry. That's exactly yeah. it. So there's that element of it, mm. but also because I run, like I said, I run UKGospel.com. Mm-hmm. I'm also looking at it from the evangelical element. Interesting. From a black person's perspective. Well, not from a black person's perspective, from what used to be called, probably still is, the urban gospel perspective. Okay. So if I give you an example, someone like Governor B, who I know you know, yeah, they're coming at it purely from a, we've got a message to share here. And it's less about the Sister Act, bluesy, Blues Brothers-y element of it. And it's more about the message. And I can't sing to save my life, a typical uh, urban artist or, or a young black artist would say, but I'm passionate about this gospel I've got to share with this musical talent that I have and it happens to be in hip-hop or it happens to be in grime or it happens to be in spoken word or it happens to be in R&B or solo whatever so that's kind of my perspective of of gospel music it's it's literally the black genre if you like of which the choirs and robes is an element sure sure what about um like say so I'm a white guy and I Mm. really feel it and I really enjoy it are we finding that there is more variety of race coming together to do gospel? Is that happening? Is it expanding as Ooh, as the I world? Love this question. As the world is becoming more. So, for example, now when we're not here to talk about racism and all things like that, okay. Yeah. But one thing I will just touch on because because it's relevant is that I think and I hope and I pray that I think that my children's generation, I'm hoping, is the first is the probably start of the generation where I'm hoping that they just won't experience racism or from from like an older person. Because yeah. my kids are never going to hear it from me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or my friends and things it's like that. An so with, with that moving forward, and I and I, I pray that racism's just gone and abandoned and, and got rid of, never forgotten, but got rid of, is that will that pull more people when everything's sort of equaled out a bit? into the world of gospel. Wow. Welcome to the Outskirts of Faith podcast. I love, We're now talking. <laughs> I love this question. For those who have popped on to uh, for the Outskirts of Faith going on previous podcast, we're taking a slight right turn and I love it. <laughs> I, I, I love it as well. It's a great question because uh, I'll be real. I, I, I think... I think what's happened over the years, probably the past 10 to 15 years, is so many things have been conflated into one. Mm. 
Mm. Um, and there's there's an there's a bit of extraction that needs to be done. Um, culturally, I think I think white British people have got this innate fear that they're going to say the wrong thing. Well, there is that. Yeah. So so that that becomes a hindrance right. as a black person looking at it, looking on the outside, looking in from the white perspective, if you like. Um, and I think from a black person's perspective, they're like, just jump in, you know, right. just 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 come in and, and 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 enjoy this. But that's just that's written into into the white cultural DNA. You know, there's that. There's which that. I'm hoping which which should start. That's that's exactly on, right. you know, and, and I, I pick up on that just to basically echo what you're saying about your kids. I've got two sons. In fact I've got I've got four boys. Three of my sons go out with white girls. Yeah. So I can see what you're describing already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's great. But, but again, just going back to this conflation thing. So there's there's the whole education element, which is like you know, you being white or me being black really doesn't fundamentally matter. But we've got the cultural thing to extract first of all, where we as black people need to be more inviting. I'm not saying we're not, but we need to be probably more proactively showing that the door is open for everyone to come in. And white people probably need to be a bit more, do you know what? Don't necessarily be reserved that you're potentially going to offend anyone, but just dive in and let's have a conversation like we're having now. Yeah, yeah, exactly, um, yeah. What you've just described there is what's happening now. This probably wouldn't have happened 15, 20, 30 years ago. Well, it would. And this, this is the point. It's like this is what I was saying earlier on, you know, like my grandparents, yeah. they would have been surrounded by it. My parents, yeah, yeah after, even when I was younger, I heard a this bit of it. it. And you know what? I just say it like this. Without going into a whole great big conversation, I just say, look, bottom line is just accept the fact being that those people were just wrong. It's their education that they grew up with. It's just wrong. So move on. Let's just, just sort it out. You know, and like, so we live in quite a diverse area and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's lovely, lovely people. But I think as well, what I was going to get to with uh, gospel music, we'll just stay on this. <laughs> we must move on. <laughs> then we must <laughs> move on. Yeah, <laughs> car. Uh, it wasn't me, <laughs> Is that... Also, there is going to be a feel where you would, I'm, I'm mm. guessing, that you would need to have experienced, heard about, or gone through in order to put gospel music over a certain way. Is there, um, any, is there any truth in that? I think... Before we get down to the outskirts of Facebook. I know, I know. This is... Do you know what? We're going to have to do two of these. <laughs> uh, it's it's interesting because, again, I've got an out, outsider's perspective on this. Right, right. I grew up in Nigeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I... In coming here, the way the African element approaches gospel music is completely different to the way the Caribbean element approaches gospel music, which is completely different to the way the American element approaches gospel music. So you then start to have these nuances that you don't necessarily know about unless you're steeped in it. And I'm sure it's the same because, again, if, if I'll flip what I've been describing on its head, if I'm looking at this, if I'm looking at CCM, contemporary Christian music, through black eyes... I just see this one homogenous mass. Yeah, 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 uh, but yeah. you're going to tell me about pop. You're going to tell me about, you know, whatever else is are uh, the kind of subtle differences within the genre. So to answer your question specifically, mm. though, it depends on who you ask. So if you're a if you're a Caribbean person who's steeped in the in the in the traditional vocal culture of gospel music, then that's something that Caribbean people are just 
you know, you're, you're, you're in church, you know, every Sunday singing this traditional gospel sound in this specific way, you don't know any other way because, you know, you've grown up with that. Um, and I'm completely overgeneralizing here, but if you're an African person who doesn't necessarily have that perspective, you're just as passionate about, you know, sharing the gospel through music, but you may not have that uh, traditional choral approach that a West Indian person would have. So all of these kind of subtleties and differences kind of just converge into this thing that we call gospel music these days. And that's what I find so fascinating. I'm really glad that we actually got round to this. This is where I was sort of hoping that the conversation <laughs> would go. Because this this is the whole point. This is what I often say on the Outskirts Faith podcast, is that there is a door for everybody. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And it's different for everybody. Yes. Whether you're like, uh, like I, one of my favorite quotes from Michael Emmett, um, you know, Jesus loves the gutter. Jesus loves the gutter. That's what he says. You know, it's like whether you're there, whether you're living life in a certain way, whether you're in this country, whether you celebrate this in one way, whether you look at something this way, whether you hear gospel music in one way, whether you're yeah. hearing like Bethel music or whatever. Ah, oh, that's end, such the, a good example. The end of the day, you know, is that we all... It, whoever you are listening to this now, and you're gonna, we're all gonna come from different backgrounds. You'll see me now. You're, uh, if you're on YouTube or you'll hear me, but you don't know my background. You don't know where I'm, I'm from or that that trauma or, or anything like that. Everyone's got it, but just know there is a door where we can all come on the same place. You could call it church, you know. You could call it community, but the whole thing is it's fueled by Jesus. It's fueled by God, and it's real and it's there and it's for you. So. Would, would you agree laying, with that? It's laying the preconceptions at the door. Correct. It's having the, and this is what people innately have. People will quite naturally leave their preconceptions at the door. But wait, to extend the metaphor, when you're peering through the window, that's what starts to build the preconceptions. Okay. Because of the people you meet, because of the way they behave, that then starts to layer on top. Ah, if they're behaving in this particular way, or they're saying this particular thing in this particular way, oh, that then suggests that I need to understand this thing in this way, or there's there's a particular language I've got to speak, or there's a particular way, there's a particular lens I've got to view these things through. But right. to reinforce the point you make, you come with what you are. You know, that's that's the wealth that we have. That's the tapestry that builds the Christian faith. But what's happened is, and again, I go back to what I started off saying now, Landis, because we really do have to move <laughs> on. But, but I think that's really where the power of the gospel is. It's in the genuine, genuine diversity that should converge mm. and, and, and just display this incredible tapestry of you being white, bringing your white experience, me being black, bringing my black experience. And what we what happens when we meet in the middle. Well, that's is, everybody being human, bringing it, their human experience. It, it, and, it's, and, it, yeah. and it's the totality of that experience mm. because there's going to be insight you're going to provide from your experience that yeah. I can never see because, like you say, I've yeah. never walked in your shoes. So I've got to come in understanding mm. that and being open to that yeah. and having that inform my experience because that makes me a better Christian because mm. I can see things through your eyes and we're just going off on. <laughs> no, 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 you're, you're actually not. You're actually not. You're actually not because you're, you're right. This is about, this is very much linked to the outskirts of faith because different backgrounds, different opinions, different entries could be similar to that there are different churches. 
Yeah. There are different types of Bibles. Do you know the way you I know, put different it? Different translations, you know. Uh, the way I put I, I look at it from a journey perspective. The, the, the life metaphor I have in my Christian journey mm. is literally a journey perspective. And by that I mean when you are at the beginning of your journey and you see somebody who's maybe at the middle or the later stage of their journey, their perspective is going to be completely different. And what you absolutely have to take away from that is understanding that that when you're speaking to somebody who's in the middle of their journey or the end of their journey, their life view, their faith perspective will be informed by that specific point in that specific time on that particular part of that journey. Amen. So if I'm a brand new Christian, there are things that I see as a brand new Christian that I'm going to be looking at completely different in five years' time, in 10 years' time. And I need to have the grace, and this is the point I'm making, I need to have the grace to understand that if somebody who's like 5, 10, 12 years ahead of me in Christianity is saying something that I don't particularly agree with, I need to have the grace, even as a new Christian, to understand that that opinion, that approach has been informed by that length of journey they've been on. And my primary objective has to be to understand that and work with that. Yeah. And also vice versa. I think that's good learning for everyone, actually. If, if, you're yeah. a Christian, if you're a Christian of, you know, 200 years and you see a young Christian who's just, you know, started out on their journey and there are certain things you don't agree with, the first thing you need to do is, you know, cast your mind back to when you were exactly at that stage. I think that ties into um, forgiveness as well. Now, we're not here to talk about forgiveness, and we will get to question one in a minute. But with, <laughs> with, but it does lend itself to um, forgiveness that sometimes it's, if, if bad things happen to you or you see bad things in the world, mm. sometimes you've got to kind of put, let's just say a family trauma or mm. something like that. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to put your, yourself in their shoes and go, okay, well, you know, that happened when they were there, well, you know, in their 20s or whatever. Well, in my 20s, I was a bit like this and... Blah, 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 you know, and and so you can offer that bit of forgiveness and, and help, you know, move on, you know. And of course, the challenge is what happens if they don't change? Mm. What happens if they keep, still keep doing the same thing? How, how do you react to that? You pray for them and forg- yeah, you pray well, for them, yeah. This is it. And, and you know, the, 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 the God I look at and the God I serve and the example he gave is he consistently forgives. Yeah. You know, even on the, I look at my life and how, I, you know, scripture says I keep going back. Is it Paul that says I keep going back? The things I don't want to do, I find myself doing. doing yeah. The things I shouldn't do, uh, the things I should be doing, I'm not doing at all. You know, so I'm consistently going back to those things I shouldn't be doing. And if I can do that, then to your point about forgiveness, you should find it somewhere in yourself to allow other people the same thing. Now, yeah. it's far easier said than done. But that's the blueprint. That's the template that we're following. So we're talking the outskirts of faith. Have you ever found yourself on the outskirts of faith? <sighs> where you've had to, you know, where you've, you may have started in faith, you may have grown up in faith, and then something happened, you pulled yourself off. Or, or was you ever on, or did you start out of faith and yeah. then got pulled in? What, what did that look like? That's, that's a difficult question to answer because I think I've... I've always believed in God, even from a young age, 
didn't grow up in a particularly Christian family, mm. but Christianity has always kind of been in the mix. I've always believed in God all the way from as far back as I can remember. And does that include Jesus? Do you know what? This is such a good question. Yes. Okay. But I think Jesus came later. Um, <laughs> That's exactly the same as for me. Yeah. And by that, I mean, I've always believed that God existed. I've always been fascinated by story. So I think that's a thing for me, story. So, you know, my, my earliest kind of grappling with, with Christianity and, and trying to process it was, um, I remember, I probably was in my early teens when uh, I remember reading in the Bible or somebody reading in the Bible about Moses and Pharaoh. Right. And now before this, I'd seen lots of Christians who talked about God's sovereignty and how God's power is you know, all, it's, God is all powerful. And, you know, th there isn't any other power outside of the power of God. And I remember reading about Moses and Pharaoh and something that stood out to me to this day, I still want to resolve and it pops into my head and I just shake my head and, and laugh and think, oh my goodness, that, that's, st that's still relevant today, where it says that um, Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing. This is where Moses turned his rod into a snake. Pharaoh's magicians did the same thing by their secret arts. Okay. And that was the first time that I kind of thought, hang on, this absolute vision that Christians have always shared about, you know, it's just God and nothing else. That ain't what the Bible's saying. You know, there are other powers around here. And I thought, okay, so I can... I can hear what the Christians are saying, but I can see what the Bible's saying. The Bible's a bit more realistic, going back to story, which is the point I'm making. It, the Bible's a bit more all-encompassing in terms of reflecting the reality of life. So God is definitely absolute. God is all-powerful. We know this, but there is existence of other powers. And, you know, that that just, that's always stuck with me, that, you know, pharaohs and uh, magicians did the same thing by their own secret arts. So there's the power of God through Moses, and then there's a the power of, you know, pharaohs, magicians through these other kind of... But were those powers a gift from God? I don't think so. This right. is not how I interpreted it. Right. Because it says by their secret arts. You know, so obviously there's the great absolute power and there's some other power, which, you know, looking at it now, I believe comes from the devil. Right. But I say all of that to then answer your question about feeling like an outsider. At the time, my interpretation of what I think Christianity is versus what I'm hearing a lot of Christians saying didn't quite tally. Right, yes, yes. It's because it was like all of the Christians I knew and the Christian messaging that I was hearing was about God being absolute and there being no other power. But no, you know, this is not what I'm reading in the Bible. And it's just it's just one of those five-minute, you know, 10-second things that you pick up from wherever, but it's just stayed with me throughout well, my life. We can actually come back to that later on. You'll see a bit later on in the okay. podcast. But you're talking about the Bible. Mm -hmm. I did actually ask you to bring a little bit of Scripture with you today. Yeah. And you've brought Romans with you. I brought Romans. Yeah, chapter 12, verse 14, did you Romans say? Romans 12, 14. Okay, so I'd love you to read that for us. We're all learning together, yeah, you yeah. know. We're all just... And the most important thing is, what does it mean to you? Why did you choose yeah. that? Because, like I always say as well, is that 
don't be frightened of scripture. A, there's lo- so many different translations. One which I'd point you towards is N.T. Wright's new one, New Testament for Everyone. If you're just starting Ooh, off, okay, it's, yeah. it's quite it's quite nice. I was producing that one. We recorded it on location in Oxford. And I remember hearing it going, wow, that's really great. You know, and just hearing his voice say it, it opened up areas which I would have skirted over right. before, which was really great. So why why did you choose this? What does this mean to you? One of the most powerful things that anybody who is embarking on a Christian journey can have in mm. their toolkit is doubt. Right. Never let go of doubt. Never let go of grappling. Never let anybody tell you that you're going to have all of the answers because nobody does. This is my belief. Nobody does. And that's the single most powerful thing that I found in my journey of faith. The ability to know that I don't know all the answers, the ability to know I will never know all the answers, and that's fine. Mm. Because once you get to that stage, it basically allows you to continue on the journey. You know, why do bad things happen to good people? Why do kids die young? Why do people get healed? Why do they not get healed? These are questions that nobody's going to have the answer to. Mm. But anyway, I just... I, I just no, it's a, very, I, it's a very good point. Yeah. I, it's, I've got to be careful because with you, Yinka, <laughs> you keep firing open these I'm so sorry. windows where I just want to climb through I and know. say, let's see what's inside. I know. I'm just, sorry. I'm yeah, sorry. God, so, God. Carry let's on. Go good back. point, though. Very good point. Yeah. Maybe come back on and we'll discuss that yeah. further. Yeah. Well, the reason why I preface it with that before I read this is because the word I had was blessed. And I thought, okay, what does blessed mean? And the very first thing I did was... Hang on, stop. If you're jumping ahead in the podcast, that means I have to jump ahead myself. Oh, okay. And say that we've come to... What What does does it mean? I really don't have a clue. So... Yeah, we did that. So, yes, right. We we did ask you, uh, gave, gave you a word to come yeah. along and think about. And that word was blessed. Yes. So what we'll do is we'll encompass the blessed bit okay. and your scripture together. Nice. So go, tell us all about it. So I thought about this and I was grappling with it because instinctively when you think blessed, it's an inward thing. I find, pers- again, from, yeah, a, from yeah. a very personal perspective, it's it's inward. You're the recipient. It does sound like that. Instinctively, in Christian culture... He is blessed, she is blessed, we are blessed. Yeah, Yeah. in Christian... No, no, no. One level, go one level deeper. In the context within which we as Christians discuss blessing, it typically is inward. Yeah. More often than not, certainly more than half of the time. I'd almost go as far as saying 90% to 99% without me pushing it too far. But it's typically in an inward context... I'm looking for some kind of blessing. So I went I went to the dictionary, as people normally do. Do and, they? Does, yeah. that, does the dictionary still survive? I thought you just asked Alexa or, yeah, exactly. or Google or yeah. Siri. Exactly. And it says divinely or supremely favoured. It says fortunate. Another definition says to be blessed, as an example, to be blessed with a strong, healthy body. And it's blissfully happy or contented. It's bringing happiness and thankfulness. For example, the blessed assurance of a steady income. Mm. So it's all looking very inward. Then I see Romans 12, chapter 14. I could read the whole thing, but I'll skip to 14 just to kind of let this context here. And it says, 
bless those who persecute you. It says rejoice, bless and do not curse. That's verse 14. And in reading the whole thing, obviously I'm kind of reading this semi-out of context. So there is merit in, in, in reading the entire chapter, just so you're not kind of, just to get the fuller understanding. But it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of the Lord. So in all of these things, there's a challenge here about serving God. There's a challenge here about the blessing actually being an outward thing. Mm. Mm. There's a challenge here about, and don't get me wrong, I want to be blessed. I'm desperate to be blessed. But what this showed me was there's also the challenge that I need to consistently remind myself of that I need to be outward facing as well. I need to be, I need to be the blesser and I, not just the blessee. I think like. that, Prayer can play an important part. Oh, that's interesting. <clears throat> yeah, I think because um, first of all, I, I just want to put it out there that, and I'm sure a lot of you listeners are like like me, fail at this a lot. You know, fail at this a lot. Um, fail at what? Maybe just when it comes to thinking about being blessed. Yeah, it does feel quite inward. Yeah, you know, I do say bless these people and bless them, and I do that in prayer because yeah. that's what I do. But I do probably. I'm, I'm going to ch because of this conversation. I'm going to change my whole thinking. Yeah. But one thing it has, what well, I have done is, um, where I have changed it is when I drive. My my driving's a lot better now. Really? Cause, yeah. Because what I do is I used to get, you know, always used to drive me nuts when you have someone driving up your backside, or you know they they're driving along and, and I used to, I used to do a lot of miles, you know, with my work and and your car's flying across and they're cutting you up and you you know you might have kids in the car or something and you just want to swear and <laughs> yeah curse and just say all these these things but what i do now and it has changed my driving i just say lord get them home safely get them wherever oh, they're going wow. safely bless bless them lord you know for they're driving like that for a reason just whatever it is just yeah help them find an answer that they don't need to do that you know and it's literally changed my driving now it really has. I'm, I drive. I drive a bit slower. I feel calmer. Do you know why I say, "Oh wow"? I do that. Do you? Yeah. Interesting. I do that. That means that we've both met a lot of annoying people. On the road. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what it is, though. I think for me, the question became, "What's the alternative?" The alternative is swearing at them. Yeah is wishing them ill. Yeah. It's all of the, these things which, and again, I don't want to come across as the perfect human being here because I, I promise you, I am not. Um, well, you've just let everyone down because we all thought you were, <laughs> you gay. <laughs> but, but that becomes the challenge. Right. That, you know, what am I going to give into? What exactly, you know, this person, you know, I'm, I've, I've cut them up or they've cut me up or whatever, but we've got this, you know, difficult situation here what do I do? Do I give in to those, do you know, you're, you're an idiot. You know, you shouldn't be driving that way. You're, you know, you're just, 
being a danger to yourself and to other road users? Or do I kind of think, okay, if I don't give in to that, and I'm not going to be neutral about this because I'm going to be thinking about it because it's got me worked up, what's the alternative? Yeah, it's true. And then for me, it, I, I'll just go, Lord, I, I don't actively do it, but it would just be like, you know, Lord, just be with them. Well, we talk about like blessed and I'm just thinking, taking that in mind, where have you seen God working recently? Like where, where do you see God working? Because we're, we're talking about, it's very easy to get caught up in that negativity. It's so cool. Like, ah, oh, get out of the way. Why are you on the road? You know, and we use that as an example. And we must say, if we can bless those people and have a karma car journey, that means we can do more in our everyday life as yeah. well, right? But where have you personally seen God working with so many people, so much focus on the negativity? Where have you seen the good? Do you know what? That is such a good question because I have to think about it. Mm. And the reason why I say that is because. I, quite a few years ago now, five, ten years ago, I stopped instinctively saying fine when people ask me how I am. Okay. So if you go, how, how are you doing? You know, especially fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm all right. I'm, but so what I typically do these days is I kind of go, if you know, have you had a good weekend when you go back to work after after have you had a good weekend and then I'll kind of pause and that then you have a then you have a cry (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah oh my goodness it's Monday um and then that catches people by surprise because they almost everybody else that they speak to interesting almost everybody else that they speak to goes oh yeah it was was a good weekend because they're expecting you to just do the small talk fine yeah exactly and I'll just kind of pause and I'll just go actually yeah it was a good weekend and then they go why did you pause and then I say what I've just said to you now, I actually stopped instinctively answering that and actually think about the question you're asking me, apply it to my life, assess that, and then give you an answer based on that. So to answer your question, I don't know, is the short and honest answer. And by that I mean, I look out into the world of, of Christians specifically in this context and I'm I'm a massive fan of the UK gospel music scene, for example. I love um, UK gospel is is driven ninety nine percent by independent artists. So I look at a lot of what these typically young people are doing. That they're young, they've got the passion, they've got the time. They're not married, so they haven't got all of the additional pressures that come with that. Typically, and I look at you know, what What some of these artists are doing to get the gospel out there. And interestingly, not to the wider world, but to that young person who probably doesn't want to listen to Drake, but can listen to Governor B. Right. Or right. can listen to Lima Blaze. Or can listen to Still Shady. Or to Shireen. Or to Asha Elia. And I can see God at work there. And I tell you why, because they have to do that in the context of a of a section of our Christian community consistently telling them that they're not valid. Mm. That ministry is not valid. What they're doing is not valid. You know, you can't use, you know, hip hop or R&B or drill or grime to glorify God. And that's where I see God. If you absolutely need me to give you an answer, that will probably be the answer I can give you. 
But if you needed something slightly more deep and spiritual, I'll let you know next week. Yeah, I don't need to. And the reason why is because what, what you don't realise is that I think you've kind of blinded yourself a little bit. Go on. And the reason why I say that is I actually was thinking that I have seen God working a lot in you recently. Oh, wow. And the reason why is because every conversation we have, we do a lot of voice notes, don't we? Oh my goodness. We do a lot of voice notes. <laughs> voice notes. It's because it's, I think it's better than texting. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and um, you said something yesterday and on, on, on a call, yeah. or was it a voice note one, two, and you said, what a time to be alive. Oh my goodness. Right? No, 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 Elliot, what a you, time to be yeah, alive. Yeah, what a time to be alive. And the fact is that when you do that surrounded by Christianity and your faith and your dedication to your family and your dedication to the work we've been doing yeah. and things like that. I'm just seeing God at work. I, do you know what? That would be the answer I would give you. And the reason why I hesitate is because, again, I go back to this thing about Christian culture. The answer I give you versus the answer that's expected is what I mean. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, how are you, you doing? Oh, God is good all the time. You know, that's not me. I'm, no. let me have a look at how am I doing actually? Yeah. And so. What you're doing as well by doing that is you're not rushing on to the next This is thing. it. This is it. I wish we could slow down, man. Oh, listen, I, t I tell you something. It's. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I'm going to backtrack because yep. I know I just said that. I don't want to slow down. I wish we could slow down. I wish we could have that slow down feeling, yeah. but I don't want to slow down. Because I think when you're doing the work you're meant to be doing, like with like Monk and Audiobooks, when we, or Monk and Audiobooks and Sound, when we're creating like all the big production music, or if we're recording all these wonderful Christian authors or narrators they come through and, and the other stuff. And I'm, I'm just there in such awe and, and I just love it so much that, that I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want that ever to stop. I just want to keep going, going, and going. But, because it can be so fast-paced, you've got to sort of separate. So when you're having like one-to-one -one time like we're having now, Yinka, now Yinka, I'm going to be put out there. I'm so very fond of you, you know. <laughs> you're such you're such a great guy. You really are. And so that warrants, but we get to know each other. So I want to be slow with you. Mm -hmm. I want to, you know, go out for a bite to eat and take our time and say, actually, let's get a starter today, yeah. you know, and do that. But it does go to show ask the question for me, like, what if I took that time more with everybody? I like to think that I do, but what if we did, I don't do it all the time, you know, I'm not perfect at all, but what if we all did that? We just this, said, you know what, Elliot, what, what if in the workplace? That's it. That, you know? Do you know what? That is exact, for me, that's the secret to everything. It's, you can't do everything. There's two things that you mentioned there. You can't do everything and you've got to separate, you know. I think, the excitement of doing all of the things that you're doing, the people you work with, the project, that excitement has got to be there. And that work brings its own pace. And I don't think you need to slow down because the work demands that you move quickly. Right. But what you're talking about is separating. The, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, that's what you mean. You mean, let work be as fast as it will be, but I, I want to make a conscious decision to be slow even in the fast pace. I want to make a conscious decision. I try and do this and I, I'll say it. 
I try once every so often to just reach out to UK gospel artists. Just a, a WhatsApp. Just reaching out to you. How are you doing? That's it. Done. Because I know that for quite a few of them, especially as they start to get a higher profile, that they get unfair criticism. Mm, mm. And sometimes just somebody completely out of the blue, I don't need anything from you, you don't need anything from me, just thinking of you, just checking in, finding out how you are, just those little things. And I'm talking about this in a creative context, but this could be a member of your family, it could be a work colleague, it could be you know, somebody that you haven't spoken to in a while. And you don't necessarily have to do it to strike up a conversation. It could just be just checking in, hope you're well, boom, done. That's the separation that's talking about. Do you know why I'm smiling? It's because in previous podcasts, and I'll say it again now, seeing as the opportunity arose, is that I do say, I, I, I dare my listeners, I, I dare the outskirts of faith. It's I say, right, it. at the end of this, I did I did at one time say, uh, press pause, but then I decided I didn't want them to press pause, so do it at the end, is to <laughs> pick up the phone and ring a mate or ring someone you care about but haven't spoken to or a family member or, or someone and just ring them and say, just ring in yeah. to see how you are yeah, and then go silent and listen. Yeah. And then and if they had just been a bit sort of shy or short and just say, but didn't you say that such and such was doing that recently? How did that go? You know, and I'm not talking about text here. Yeah. I'm not talking about text. I'm talking about a human kind of conversation. I, I'm a big fan of text. And I'm a big fan of voice notes. And again, it's interesting you should say that because I think the extra effort that that takes makes it more powerful. Oh, what, the text? No, no, no. What you just described, yeah, the call. Because I'm I'm because I'm not all for texting yeah, at yeah. all. I, I, like, yeah. I like texts. I, I, can I see, love texts. I think they have a place. Yeah, I agree. Which, which is... But like when there's a conversation, like sometimes, um, <laughs> I've brought this up before, but I get a lot of stick from some of my friends because yeah. there are these WhatsApp groups and I'm like, no. Oh, and, don't get me right? started on WhatsApp. I'm in so many WhatsApp groups. Yeah, I'm like, Even no. in my family WhatsApp group, <laughs> I am the guy that very rarely responds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not because I, there's no love there. It's just, there's like, what do you think? Yeah, maybe... Should we wait to hear such such response? Yeah. And then suddenly it's like 300 responses. I'm like, let's just pick up the phone. It's like, I mean, call me old fashioned, but ring, ring. Do you want to do this? Yes, please. All right, great. See you there. See, I'm yeah. talking about something completely different though. Because as far as that particular scenario is concerned, you and I complete lockstep. That's me all day, every right. day. You know what? Pick up the phone or sort it out. Once we've agreed what we're doing, let me know and then we move. But what I'm talking about is people who, and it might just be because of the the uniquely blessed position I'm in of, of knowing a lot of these artists and knowing some of the, the pressures that they face. It could be that, you know, I just think, you know, just having a text just come out of no, the blue. No, that's right. Yeah. Just having something come out completely right. out of the blue that just says, thinking of you, you're doing a great work, that's it. But that might Done. be a bit weird. If I, if I came on your radio show for like once or twice, yeah, and suddenly you called me. Actually, it would probably be bad if you called because I would get excited, but like, oh, oh, then it's an opportunity. Yeah. But just a text, I didn't keep going. Yeah. I, I, that's exactly yeah. it. That's yeah. exactly it. And, okay. Sorry, go on. No, 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 that's, that's fine. If you've got something else to say, carry no, on. No, 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 no. I've, I've forgotten now, but it was not <laughs> it, it was only going to embellish what you just said anyway. So, yeah. Well, that's great because it does lead me because it's now time for Splat ha. the Nat. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's time for Splat the Nat. Okay. And this actually boils down to uh, something we were talking about earlier on. And that is, you mentioned about sort of evil 
mm-hmm. um, and the, the devil when you were talking about the different powers. Mm-hmm. So I thought, actually, you may end up going there, but I'm not pushing you in that direction at all. But the whole concept is basically that, you know, there's a lot of negativity, evil and stuff like that float around in the world. Mm-hmm. But one, th- I think that we often make a bigger deal of it than it's needed, for example. I agree. That's, but that doesn't mean that if you're the victim of that situation, it takes it. I, I, so I, I want to make that quite clear. Yeah. But what I do think is that sometimes, you know, you've got something that's like a negative thought. Let's go with a negative thought. Mm. And it's just floating around in front of you and you start sort of flapping it away a bit. It's a bit like a gnat, just flying in your face. And it keeps coming back. For some reason, it's like follows you. You can't get rid of it. And my point is, is that you're, we're all loved and held by God. We're all held and loved by God and that love of Jesus. And at any time, in the name of Jesus, all we got to do is just splat that, hand that to God and say, I don't want to think about that anymore. Take that away from me and get on with the day. So with that in mind, okay, what would you splat right now? Ooh. Don't say I'll come back to you next week. Please no, don't do that to me. <laughs> that's a difficult question. That is a really difficult question. <laughs> so we've had on a corporate on a corporate okay. level, on a Christian corporate level, mm. and a Christian corporate cultural level. Right. It's the knee jerk reaction. Okay, explain it's the, that. It's the everything is fine in Jesus' name reaction. Right. I would I would splat that. Okay. You know, it's the we're not allowed to struggle. We're not allowed to publicly struggle mm. culturally. Mm. That's the first thing. That's the one big thing that, you know, corporately we probably, I would splat that, that, you know, Lord, just let us be in a position, Jesus, where, you know, I can publicly say I'm struggling. Oh, I see. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I, I can be publicly vulnerable. Right, right. Um, and that doesn't feel like I'm going against the culture. Yeah. I would splat that. So do, are you saying that in in some parts of sort of Christianity or some churches, in it could parts. be it could just be like, you know, yeah, we got this going on, but you know, do you know what I mean? The scripture says this, let's get our eye in and we can just move out because there's no bumps or anything like that. Where what what you're are you saying um that, you know, we should be allowed there's to do that. Because some... there's conversation that comes from that as well. So there's learning That's exactly through people it. suffering, yeah. other people gain and help them through their suffering there's something in our de- there's something in our cultural dna mm. that means we are quick to declare victory which we should do but we should also be quick to acknowledge that some of those victories might take forever but most importantly and this is the second thing i would i would splat some of those victories might never come yeah might never come you know i'm sure we all know people or we've heard stories that we can verify of you know waiting on somebody to be healed and they don't get healed and they die yeah yeah and finally the third thing i would i would i would splat would be just being comfortable with not having all of the answers i think that's one of again this is probably just a a be in my own bonnet but I, i think we probably think we need to have all the answers all the time and being comfortable to just kind of go, do you know what? I genuinely yeah. don't know. Yeah. And and the thing is... I would splat that. Yeah, I agree with you. And the thing with that as well is that I was talked about this, that we're all so very young, you know, like I was saying like post New Testament stuff here, you know, we're, we're toddlers. 2,000 years is not long. Yeah. We're learning. You look at how many people 
are struggling every month just to pay out a, a monthly thing on a car. Yeah. Yeah. Just to show yep. that they have a nice car. Yep. I don't drive a particularly nice car. Do you know why? Because I haven't got the money to, to go buy a really, really nice car. Yeah. Now, if a cars were my thing and I was really excited about cars, then, then maybe I might say, actually, do you know what? I'm going to put my money there. But to show people I've got a really nice car? No, man. I mean, I've, you know, yeah, I mean, I could say together and get a, probably a better car, but I've turned up to meetings. I was just like in, in my car, like, yeah, yeah, I've got kids, you know, it's, it's, it looks crappy. Is it? You know? I think that's the thing. It's, I think the overarching thing here is having the confidence in our culture to not necessarily be countercultural, but just to be a bit honest about the struggles. Yeah. To be a bit honest or, or transparent about the I don't know. Mm. Sometimes it feels like we're required to have all of the answers. And when you're backed into a corner, like why do bad things happen to very good people? There is no answer to that. I want to, is you're making me think something here that what would it be like if people said, How was your weekend? And then you pause yeah. and you go, actually, do you know what? I really struggled this weekend. Yeah, exactly. And well, how would that be received? Because this is what's great about church community, for example, is that I know that through my church, for example, which I love, mm. if I, in the middle of the night, something really bad happened, I could call on some of those people and they will want to help and listen. That's interesting. You know, they That's will want very to. very interesting. But, also, have you, you know, you don't know who you're talking to at work. Yeah. You might have a Christian opposite you right there or someone who they may not have necessarily uh, found that relationship with Jesus yet, but they don't realize, but they're actually working really closely with the Lord. And that you might say to them, I'm not going to say it to them, I'm not going to say it to them, but maybe if you did say, you know, I had a pretty bad weekend and I'll go, do you know what, look, I'm getting a, taking a break in 15 minutes. Do you want to get a cup of coffee? Yeah. You know what I mean? This is what I mean. Because even at work, when I do that, somebody says, you know, how was your night or weekend or whatever? And you kind of just pause and then give an answer. Even that opens conversation. They'll be like, why did you pause? And then, yeah. I, and then I'd say what I said to you earlier, which is I try not to just instinctively answer. I actually try to think about what my weekend was like. And all of a sudden, you actually, you get that social engineering thing where you bucked a trend somebody's asked you something, you've automatically answered, and then you're on to the next thing. But they've asked you something, you've paused, and that breaks that thing. And then they suddenly go, hang on, why did you pause? And then you go, actually, I paused to actually think about what my weekend was like. And nine times out of 10, people are like, oh, wow, that's a really good point. I've never quite, I've never thought of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll do the same and thing. And it starts conversation. Yeah, ex that's, the, that's exactly what I'm driving towards. Yeah, it's great. You know, so it's it's a great, it's a great, com and I'm not a great conversationalist, but it's a great conversation starter. You're not a what? I am not. Oh, come on. I promise you. When have we ever been short of conversation? I promise this you. This is the longest podcast we've done today. <laughs> It took us half an hour to get to question one. Oh my goodness. You know, but, so <laughs> but I see your point. But yeah. Yeah, I see your point. Well, you talk about you like uh, about the pausing. You like to pause. Well, mm -hmm. you get to pause now because okay. we actually come to our little game show where you just get three questions. Go on, then. And I fired a question to you. You'll hear a little sound bed for a, where you can pause. Okay. And then you can answer the question. The whole point of this, it's not like no one's actually got all three right yet. It's not about that. No pressure. No, no, no. It's just the whole point is, is that 
No one does, really. Mm-hmm. I knew some most of these answers. But then I, I had to go and do a bit of research afterwards, you know. The whole point like is, is that we can, we can learn together. And then if people talk, talk to you about scripture or Christianity or God or faith, you can say, you know, oh, do you know what? Well, I have been hearing a couple of things here. Right. And I heard that John said this or whatever or Peter. Or whatever. And uh, yeah, there's a conversation starting, you yeah, know. But exactly. the, the point is we're learning together. Yeah. And I certainly am. So. Far away. All right, welcome. If I get close to the microphone, I can do this. I think I do have some funky buttons that can do stuff like that, but I'm not going to. Okay, so um, nice and simple. What is the shortest book in the New Testament? What is the shortest book in the New Testament? No idea. Is the wrong answer. It's uh, to John. Oh, wow. To John. I, I yeah. wouldn't have thought that. No, no. But this is the thing. Yeah. I, that, I I didn't either. Because yeah. I was thinking of the earlier stuff. I was thinking of the middle stuff, actually. Right. Had it gone... I was New thinking, Testament. New Testament. Yeah, yeah, I, was yeah, going, yeah. I was going Thessalonians. I thought, no, it won't be that. But yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. So 3rd John is the shortest... 3rd um, John is the shortest book of the Bible by word count. Right. Though 2 John... Has fewer verses, right? Yeah, yeah. It's quite interesting. Okay, so uh, you get a thousand points anyway. Okay, thank okay. You. all thank right. You. <laughs> You're welcome. I love that you I'm, said thank you. I'm concentrating now. <laughs> Who is the author of the book of Revelation? John. Yeah, can you just wait till the end? So it's been more dramatic. <laughs> is all right. I, I made this up. You know, I wanted to be. That's it. Pause. John. Correct. Yes! <laughs> I, I was in two minds. I was thinking, is it Peter? I don't think it's Peter. I'm sure it's John. It's John. And, and interestingly, John of... Ooh. I don't know. Patmos. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, but also known as John the Divine, John the Theologian, and also, I said, who's that writing? John the... Revelator. You know that song? No, I don't know that song. What do you mean you don't know that song? I do not know. Wrote the book of the seven seas. No. I said, who's that writing? John the Revelator. You that, don't know? No. Right, that's for you on the way home. Exactly. There you go. Is that your oh, put a little note here? Yeah, you'll love it. That. Yeah, you you will genuinely love it. It's great, great song. Last question. Okay. Matthew the Apostle was a I wouldn't say doctor, but I know that's wrong. Matthew the Apostle was a... No idea. I'll happily give you... Shall I give you a clue? Yeah, go on. No one liked him in those days. Tax collector. Tax collector. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly, yeah. It's interesting because back then, you know, like... <laughs> can I say it even now? <laughs> It's true, though. <laughs> no, but the you know tax collectors and um and people you know they they were amazed. It was like, why Jesus? Why are you sitting with these tax collectors yeah. and and sinners? And he you know basically I can't do it word for word. I'm 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 afraid I can't do that. I don't have that knowledge as of yet. But he was basically saying, you know, like I didn't come here for the already yeah. converted in many ways. You know, but he did, and um 
people, tra- you know, their lives transform. Do you know what this has shown me? This has been really interesting, actually. I need to go back and read the Bible just as a storybook. Yeah, absolutely. I'll tell you what I do now, Yinka, is um, I listen to an audiobook. Yeah. I've actually got, uh, I've listened to a pretty cool one with uh, interesting. Thomas Nelson. Now, I do I do a lot of stuff with uh, Harper and Thomas Nelson, that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I know that it took a long time to make this, but it's a full, like, celebrity cast. Right. Reading it. Full music, orchestral music production. Everything. It's, it's pretty out there. I, I absolutely love it. But again... Like I said before, like so, Tom writes um, New Testament for everyone. That, yeah, that's pretty I might, cool. I might try that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I, it's think cool. I, want, I think I think I want to read though. I think so, that's the thing. I, yeah, I, well, I've talked about this before, and if you're just at home, you know, there's some people will struggle with that. You know, I, I struggle with the because what I'm talking about here is, re, is retention. Right. It's I should know that Thomas is a tax collector. Oh no! Was it Thomas? It wasn't Thomas, was it? <laughs> and that's why you need to go back. This is Matthew. One, Matt, thank you, Matthew. So, so you just proved your own point. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. I need no, to. No. I, I need. I need to instinctively know, not for anything. You know, not not for not to be able to answer fun quizzes like this. Right. But just to kind of immerse myself a bit more in that. But I would also point out there is no pressure on anyone to do that as well. I think. Be, I that, think that we should continue. Do you know what? Do you know what? That, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that by far and away is the most important thing ever. Yeah. And, and and that's why I actually make the distinction about just reading as a storybook, because a lot of the time when people say they want to read the Bible, there's a there's a kind of spiritual connotation behind it beyond just reading as a well, storybook. Well, let's talk about Matthew for a second. So we, we've got the whole Matthew bit. You could say to yourself, well, do you know what? I'm going to go and read read about that tonight yeah yeah you exactly, know? exactly it doesn't mean you have to read all of the chapters around it i'm not saying stay away from the bible i'm saying you'll read it and a lot of it won't resonate with you yeah but then a little golden nugget will just stand out but that golden nugget in six months time may not be relevant but a bit that yeah. you ignore before will be yeah you know if people are just seen a big thick book and a bit worried about that you know there is a program which was all funded just from sort of fans and stuff called The Chosen. It's about the life I of Jesus. I watched the, I watched, I think, first. My wife loved it. But for uh, you? It was all right. Exactly. This it, is my point. It was all right. This, it, this I, is... I, I tell you what I loved about it, though. Um, I loved the the whole reimagining yeah. of the story. Yeah. It was brilliant for that. It was absolutely phenomenal because I'm sure it wasn't the first time, but of course we live in the social media age now, what a time to be alive, going back to that, um, where, you know, creators can actually apply their creativity to things like that. Yeah, right. You know, you you can go in and you can think, you know, was this particular character autistic or was this particular character gay? Mm. You know, all of those things. And this moment in time, is kind of the beginning of when you can do that. You couldn't do that 10, 20 years ago. Yeah. So anyway, I, I loved it. and I, I, I didn't follow it. But yeah, but I, my, that was great. But the point point was, is that there is something for everyone. Yes, so don't, absolutely. Don't, if you hit a brick wall, don't go, oh no, it's not for me. Yeah, no, I agree. Not, it's not for me, not I for agree. me, mate, not I for agree. me. So you don't want to do that, I, because I'm telling you, with all my heart, it is for you, because it is more for you than you possibly know it is more for me than I possibly know, you know, you know. And just to add to that, I think by far and away, the thing I found the most helpful in mm-hmm. my own personal journey has been don't put any pressures or expectations on yourself. Right. 
Mm. Yeah. So if you're going to pick up the Bible, like you were saying, I pick up the Bible now and I can only read literally a verse. A verse it is. Yeah. That's it. Done. There's no expectation beyond me wanting to read that one verse or that one chapter or that whole, you know, 10 chapters or whatever you can do, you do. Because I go back to the metaphor I use, it's a journey. Yeah. And, you know, if I'm going to be driving for the next six hours, it's going to take six hours. Yeah. So just relax into that. That's right. That's right. Yinka, it's been so amazing Likewise, having you on the podcast today. I, I have today. to say, thank you. No, it's been great. Thank you. And uh, do come back on again. Please uh, do. I would say to everyone, going by what Yinka was just saying there, is that if it's just one verse, that is yeah. fine. Because it can start a conversation at one verse. Yeah. You know, that's you, it. Yeah. That is absolutely it. It will be it. You, you, I think by far and away, the, sim, the single most important thing here is you're going at your own pace. It's your own journey. And as soon as you start exploring it, you will find that things will reveal themselves yeah, to you. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm telling you now that will happen. Invite the Holy Spirit in. And even if you're a Christian doing that already, are you welcoming that Holy Spirit in enough in your day-to-day life? And just because you know what it's like, it's you just watch your world unfold and and whatever those emotions are, you know, you end up in a really quite beautiful place. I like I like the way you put that because it's going to be different for everyone. Different and hard. Yeah. Hard. Oh my goodness. It's going and to be... Hard. See, I love the way you put this. It's going to be... Well, it, it may not be hard for everyone, but again, I'll go back to something you said, Elliot... If you hit that brick wall, yeah, don't give up. Don't give up. Just you know, go to a, just go to, you know, go to an audio book. Go to yeah. go to a YouTube video. Yeah, I did the other day. Um, the other day, you have a month. I wanted to know a bit more about Paul, you know, because I read something and it, it uh, or someone said something to me. I thought that's pretty cool, and I was like, oh, but I'm reading the book and I'm seeing these books and you know, I left home at sixteen. You know, I'm, I did not, you? Yeah, you oh, know. Wow. Yeah, I left home at 16, guitar, you know, blah, blah. And I've been around the world and all that stuff. But the, the point is that I, you know, I've met a lot of interesting people. But picking up this big academic book, I was yeah. like, I mean, I can read it and I can, you know, I, I can do that, you know, and and get what I need from it. But I don't want to do that. So I'd much rather hear someone who's yeah. really passionate about it tell me so I can get pulled in. And that was great. But again, thank you so much uh, for all you uh, viewers out there. Be sure to follow us on all our social media channels. Remember, hashtag oof. Oof. I like oof. that. Double O F. It kind of works. I love yeah. saying it. <laughs> oof. Hashtag oof. Share it with your friends and family and uh, do check in. You can email us directly at podcast at outskirtsoffaith.com. That is the email address. Before we go, Yinka, would you like to close us in a prayer? Father, we thank you. Thank you for openness. Thank you for a conversation that you will continually join us in. Father, I pray for everybody who's watching this, who's listening to this. I thank you for those short phrases. I thank you for those long sentences. I thank you for those sparks that will be ignited far into the future, far, far, far beyond this particular time. Father, I I give this to you. That Holy Spirit, you will do with it what you will because your will is perfect. Mm. Meet us all where we are to the glory of your name. And Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And uh, Lord, just uh, uh, thank you for Yinka and the great work he does. And 
I pray for all of those people he's reaching out to and has met along the way, especially in the music, people going out singing in, in, in your name and with the gifts that you have given them. And I pray for his family and I pray for all the future work that he does and the ministry that he carries with him in his heart. And I pray so much for our listeners on the outskirts of faith and their family and their loved ones and their friends and the people they are still yet to meet. And Lord, I just pray that if they haven't yet, that they meet you very, very soon. So let's throw some fuel on that flame and invite the Holy Spirit to come down upon them all. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. I will see you next time on the Outskirts of Faith podcast. Hashtag oof. You've been listening to the Outskirts of Faith podcast. We would love more people to join our community. So please subscribe, share this podcast and join us on our social media. And of course, you can visit our resource website at outskirtsoffaith.com. This podcast was edited by Chris Byland, the YouTube video editing by Adam Moss, music by Matthew Salvage and hosted by Elliot Frisbee.